And it's really actually getting more in touch with who we are, who we believe we are, and identifying those areas in our life that are actually out of alignment that are causing us to take those actions. So I always say there's like so many different layers of the onion, like we have to pull back for clients to understand that. And sometimes in coaching conversations, like we're not talking about health at all. We're talking about like relationship issues or work stress or identity crises. And I, or um, attacking like all of those, like the root actually makes it easier for them to show up on their health journey. Hello, High Achiever. Welcome to the Inside Job Journey podcast. I'm Tiana, a certified professional coach. I work with highly effective and driven people that are always striving for more, helping them define what that more is and learning what they really want. In this podcast, I want to bring you on a discovery journey where you can learn more about what's driving you to never settle. But before we jump into that, I wanted to share with you that I just launched the Inside Job Journey program, which is a six-month program with self-paced video weekly, a monthly one-to-one coaching call with me, and a lot of reflection guided by a workbook. And it's meant for high achievers that want to redefine success and get there. Link in the episode. Today, I'm doing something a little bit different instead of just focusing on how you can self-develop. I invited Christy Romano, who is a certified health coach on a mission to help women tap into our power and our nutrition power specifically and using mindset and lifestyle changes to beat anxiety, balance the hormones, and feel good in our skin. So welcome, Christy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat today. So let's start head on with what you're currently working on, because I'm curious about the programs and the activities that you have currently. Yeah, so I have a lot going on this year. Uh, currently, I am running my group coaching program. It's called the Healthy Perfectionist Group Program. It's six weeks, and it's really focused on helping women just break free from the all-or-nothing mentality around health. I think a lot of times, especially in the new year, we try to go all in, and that can backfire a lot. So that group is really focused on just finding more balance doing a lot of mindset work, nourishing our bodies, decreasing stress, and just finding a good approach to healthy living. So that's one thing I have going on. And then I also am working with clients one-on-one in a program called my Holistic Health Makeover Program. And basically it's the same kind of approach, but just more custom to the individual. So those are the two kind of programs I have going on. And then As for other things, I'm launching a podcast soon. I'm doing a website rebrand. So lots of stuff. (laughs) So as you can imagine, guys, uh, definitely a high achiever. (laughs) So (laughs) in first hand. (laughs) And that's exactly why I invited you, because I've noticed with the clients I work with, and in general, it's also with myself, that that all or nothing mentality can really get in the way of having 
better health habits or building something consistently in terms of nutrition, for example, because you fail once and then nothing is anymore worth and you're just stressing about it and the anxiety comes up. So I think it's a really interesting topic for high achievers because sometimes we put that aside somehow to achieve everything else. Yeah, we tend to put so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect and to not mess up. And we think failure means we're not worthy. And we tell ourselves all these stories that really just, I call it mind drama, but it creates just obstacles on our health journey. And it like, you can relate it to anything. I'm sure as you talk about business and just other areas of your life, perfectionism and that all or nothing thinking is just such a stumbling block. And you you mentioned that you have this group coaching. What is the one thing that helps working into a group settings versus a personalized approach? Yeah, definitely the community. I've become such a big fan, even for myself, as I'm investing in different things of just having other people on the same journey because sometimes we just think we're so alone. We think we think we're the only ones who struggle with this or we don't realize that other people have similar thought patterns and I think by just sharing our stories, we can all give ourselves just a little bit more grace and encouragement to make those changes. How hard it is to give ourselves grace when you have that all or nothing <laughs> kind yeah. of yeah. personality. <laughs> What are some of the things that you work on to get people to shift that uh, around? Yeah, I think one of it is just understanding that the journey is always going to be messy and nobody is perfect. I think a lot of the times the clients I work with compare themselves to other people, especially on social media or just friends, and they're seeing this filtered version of reality So the first thing is like stopping the chase to get perfectionism and realizing it really doesn't exist. So that would be one tool. Um, Another thing is really just celebrating more and looking at positives. So much we focus on our, or so many times we focus on everything that's not going well, instead of realizing there's a lot of things that are going well. So I would say a lot of it is just different mindset techniques and talking through things and really shifting people's perspective because we have like those blinders on where we just, you know, see all of the ways we're failing instead of all the ways we're growing. And you mentioned that the community in that sense can be helpful because you see other people struggling with the same things and kind of it's refreshing because you you realize that you think it's only you, but there are other people. And you mentioned that one thing that I think it's it's very important. You say it um, that you work on different mindset techniques, and I guess one of the things that I can see a parallel in high achievers in everything they do is that inability to celebrate the small things, Um, the inability to see the accomplishments sometimes, even they did 99% perfect, and that 1% is going to mess up their mindset all over. So what are um, some of the things that in terms of health and nutrition, they can recognize as progress? 
Yeah. So I guess it depends on each individual's specific goals they're working towards. So some people might be working towards a weight loss goal. Other people might be trying to heal their relationship with food. So I think it's important to understand where you're trying to go and then kind of breaking down those milestones of different things that would need to happen to get you there. So even with weight loss, like it might not necessarily be that you hit, you know, your weight went down on the scale or something. It's zooming out and recognizing other wins. Maybe it's different decisions you're making with the food you're eating, whether you're eating healthier at a restaurant, maybe it's um, not emotionally eating. And instead of going to food for comfort, you journal one night. So really like seeking out just little areas of growth. I think it's going to be very unique to each individual based off of what they actually need to change. But one of the things I have my clients do is actually pick out like a positive every single day. And I always do this before calls. Like I make sure that they write out what they're celebrating. And sometimes clients like can't really think of anything. They're like, oh, I don't know, like everything went wrong. But the more we talk, the more they start to recognize different areas. And then they have like this laundry list of things. They were like, oh, well, I did do this. And I did go on a walk this day and my step count is up or I didn't stress about eating that donut. You know, there's all these different things that we can celebrate, even if it doesn't necessarily even seem tangible. <laughs> I love that because you said two um, very important things. The fact that each one is different and based on the goals, you can really dig deeper into what are some of those small celebrations. But also the fact that you mentioned that seeing the progress and practicing seeing it and putting it outside and hearing it maybe repeated by you instead of, because when we speak about it, we don't even see sometimes the progress, but when you verbalize it, the coach can see it very clearly where you don't see it. So I think that's one of the benefits of having someone to support you in the journey. Yeah especially because perfectionists usually are like on to the next, like, even if they recognize a celebration, it's like, okay, yeah, that's great, whatever. But I just want to be better. I just want to do more. I just want to get to this goal. And then we constantly set a new goal. So I think it is kind of grounding ourselves and being present and appreciative of just the work we're doing in the here and now, even though it might feel super messy. And one thing I was wondering, do they ever realize how much interconnectedness there is between all those things because for example you mentioned weight loss and then when you are on this journey you may realize that to get where you want to be you are not really working on weight loss but your relationship with food for example so I'm just wondering how that all clicks together. Is there anything specific that needs to happen for them to realize that? Or is it something pretty natural? Um, I think it depends on the client, but it's never about the food. You know, it's never about these external things. It's really what's happening within us. And I know your podcast is the inside job, so <laughs> I'm sure you know all about this. But it's really, it really stems from our thoughts and our beliefs. And a lot of it is emotional work and realizing so many people use food as a clutch. 
they've trained themselves to go to food for comfort or to view food in a certain way. And it's really actually getting more in touch with who we are, who we believe we are, and identifying those areas in our life that are actually out of alignment that are causing us to take those actions. So I always say there's like so many different layers of the onion. Like we have to pull back for clients to understand that. And sometimes in coaching conversations, like we're not talking about health at all. We're talking about like relationship issues or work stress or identity crises and I, or um, attacking like all of those, like the root actually makes it easier for them to show up on their health journey. And it's incredible how much your work that it's on health turns out to be really on the inside, on the mindset, on how people perceive themselves and how they compare. And I'm just wondering if there is anything that can help them make that step. So because high achievers, as we said, they move quite quickly to the next thing. And what I feel like if you don't have a pre-work to be ready to start this journey, it's not going to work. So what, what are some of the things that someone can reflect on or do as a pre-work to be ready to take this kind of journey? Yeah, that's a really good question because I think for some people, they have to hit rock bottom before they wake up. You know, they have to burn out so many times or they have to get fed up with their current reality enough to be like, okay, let me dig deeper and understand what the problem is. But I think just a simple thing that anyone can do is journal. A lot of times just we need to be able to express how we're feeling. And as perfectionists and high achievers, you know, we're constantly seeking external validation and we're constantly doing things. We have trouble slowing down and actually sitting with how we're feeling. We try to do anything to avoid feelings of shame. So I would say if you identify with that, actually kind of forcing yourself to slow down and ask yourself questions like, how am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? A lot of times, if you keep asking yourself the question, why, why, why you'll get to a, a deeper root and you're, you'll realize like, oh, that's actually what I need to fix. Okay. And I was just about to ask you some prompts of what they could journal about. And you mentioned asking yourself why, um, writing down the emotions that are coming through through the day and just without judging i think one of the things that even when we are writing in a journal sometimes we try to embellish whatever we are writing like if someone reads it they will know how big a failure or how much impactful something was so uh I think it's again around the practice and getting more used to journal, honestly. Yeah. I I mean, I've always been a huge journal journaler, I guess, if you would call it that. Since I was in high school, I probably have like over a hundred different books. That was my way of getting out my emotions. 
but I do know a lot of people, it doesn't come natural. You know, there's a lot of anxiety when it comes down to like sitting and just writing out your thoughts and feelings. But I think you do have to just remove that need for your journaling to be perfect. It's like, whatever comes out on the paper is fine. You trust that that's what was supposed to come out that day. Yeah, and it's funny how perfectionism can come up in any aspect, even the smallest things, even the things that we're doing with the right mindset to try to improve. The perfectionist is always there trying to point out or to tell you, mm, maybe it's not like that, or maybe we should embellish this. And I think that until we notice that, it's really hard to start managing it and using it for good. So, for example, your your program, Healthy Perfectionist, how does that fit in? Meaning that how do you become a healthy perfectionist? Yeah, so I like to think that perfectionism isn't all bad because then as a perfectionist, we might start to think that there's something inherently wrong with us. And I do think there's like a healthy level of perfectionism. We definitely want to strive for our best. And as high achievers, we actually do have a lot of things going for us, you know, that we can tap into those skill sets just in a way that's like adding to our life instead of stressing us out. So Basically, it's just getting into a healthier mindset, trying not to feel like, oh my gosh, I have to completely get rid of my perfectionist tendencies, but learning how to manage them in a healthy way and not let them get too far to the point where you are obsessive, anxious, all those kind of side effects that come with it. And I guess as a part of your program, you have a number of tools that you use that can help you build that kind of healthy mindset do you mind sharing some of those that people could um, have access to through your program yeah so first I think it's a lot of when it comes to health it's a lot of education one for like the nutrition piece I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what's healthy what's not healthy and different fad diets, all of that stuff. It's really bringing it back to the basics and teaching people that nourishing your body shouldn't be complicated or challenging and allowing them to realize that balance does exist. You can eat healthy, but you can also have unhealthy foods now and then. It doesn't have to be black or white, all or nothing. So I think there's the educational piece that comes with just some of the misconceptions around how to actually nourish your body. But then a lot of the work is done through our session calls. So a lot of it is me actually coaching and asking questions. I do do a lot of different worksheets and journaling prompts with clients. I have different like eBooks with different strategies, whether it's meditations, yoga, different things to get them to slow down. But I would say the main tool is really just the actual coaching. And it's the most powerful, to be honest, because that's where you tap into things that are not visible normally and where you get to the deeper bottom that you mentioned, even self-reflecting it's good, but when you put it outside and it becomes evident, 
the some of the contradictions or some of the incongruencies that people have and live with not knowing that they are limiting themselves yeah because there's a ton of tools like you can have in the toolbox but i kind of link anxiety and perfectionism together a little bit but there's tons of those external things like essential oils the yoga the journaling the healthy habits and routines there's all of that stuff but like like you mentioned like it's an inside job it, it really is being able to understand those thought patterns and rework them and i think the best way you can do that is really just through expressing it and you mentioned that uh, I don't know if it's a side effect of all the work that you do or if it's part of the education, the balance in the hormones. That's something that it's really, I think, something that not everyone knows and really connects with this kind of thing. So do you want to maybe elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, I think it, perfectionism, anxiety, high achievers, it obviously impacts our actions on our health journey. So sometimes it could lead to maybe excessively working out, restricting our calories, being very, I guess, OCD about our health. And all those actions can impact our hormones and especially stress. Stress in general can impact our hormones. So the typical high achiever, I'm just using myself as an example here, I guess, like when I really struggled with this, I was always on the goal. I was always working out six days a week. I was being super strict with my nutrition. I was running on caffeine because I was working and doing all the things. I wasn't getting enough sleep. I wasn't taking enough time for self-care and all of those things combined was just a hormonal disaster. <laughs> so a lot of the times it's bringing the body back into balance and being able to rest, get our nervous system under control and bring our body back into that balanced place where our hormones can operate normally. So it's like you said, it's all kind of connected. And I love that you took your own example because I, I guess at some point every coach goes through something that really opens up our eyes on the things that are really challenging for most of the people and I think experience it on your own skin gives you that extra empathy toward the client so do you want to share a little bit you mentioned that you were uh, really running working all the time running on caffeine what made you understand that it was time to change yeah. So this has popped up different times in my life. I've, you know, you have your perfectionism kind of on high, high alert sometimes. And then there's other seasons where you're like cool as a cucumber. But recently, um, this actually happened last year. I kind of went back into perfectionism mode in preparation for my wedding because I wanted to, to look my best. And, you know, there can be a lot of perfectionism around the big wedding day with all the photos and everything like that. So my health journey kind of, I didn't think it was too much, but my body was responding differently. I think kind of upping my fitness and being a little bit more restrictive with my food, as well as all of the stress of just a wedding in general, 
cause my period to actually go MIA. So I lost my cycle for nine months. And that was my wake up call to be like, whoa, okay, I'm running on stress hormones. I'm not taking care of my body because it doesn't feel healthy or safe enough to have a cycle. So then I had to kind of, kind of backtrack <laughs> and spend a, almost a whole year healing that. Wow. Wow. And I, I really liked your honesty because you say it, it comes in cycles. So it's not just once that you experience something like this. It can be that you have relapses or that you have more stressful periods where you can't or you don't feel like you have the energy to really focus on yourself and keep up with the good things. And I think one of the things that um, can help us, it's really being kind with ourselves. As we said at the beginning, uh, being a little bit kinder with ourselves and understand that there will be periods and that we can always restart. There is no way that we failed and there is no turning back. Yeah. Every day it's a good day to start. I love that. And failure is not the end. Cause I could have gotten like really discouraged with all of that and been like, oh, you know, it's over now. But you can always turn things around. You can always work on improving things, getting back to a healthier place. So I, I love that you said that. What could be the one thing that you think could help you restart a little bit or pivot or change a little bit we mentioned journaling um is there anything else that can help someone just say okay i need to slow down this is the first thing that i can do to slow down hmm. so i'm trying to think here of different strategies to slow down I think a lot of it is being able to see that other side of the coin and realize that you, there's like, there's a lot of things in life you can't control, but there are a lot of things you can control. So I think a lot of times we get stuck in this victim mentality where we start to have all of our problems become our identity. And we're like, oh, why is this happening to me? Like just, we, we get in this complaining mode where we just feel like stuck in quicksand. So I think if we can change our perspective to see that we actually have more power than we think to get ourselves out of a rut. And besides like journaling, I guess having the conversation, maybe even like reading some inspirational books or looking to other people's stories to kind of ignite that, even looking to your past and seeing when was I in a rut before? When was I stuck that I was able to come out of that? Using all those things as motivation to kind of open that window in your mind to see that, oh, okay, wait, I can actually take steps in my life to start feeling better and change. And you said it, one step, one small action. You just need that one action and then it's another small action and small by small you can change. It gets better and it taking control of what you can control. It's really a powerful message. I love that you mentioned that. I, I think I recently spoke about victim mentality and the fact that we need, it's sometimes 
comforting to be in the victim mentality because there you can stay there and contemplate how poor you are that you can't do anything about it but taking ownership of your life and changing it for the better I think it requires a lot of strength but it's just small things starting from small and building momentum and I love that you mentioned that yeah and yeah it's starting small and being patient with yourself because then it's easy to do that zero from 100 mentality but yeah I mean it's like how you build anything is just one brick at a time so trying to see what are the small shifts I can make and sometimes it takes time to see results from our effort so keeping in mind that it's all adding up and it does count and one thing that has helped me is praising my effort versus my results actually looking at what am I doing versus what am I seeing and knowing that the results are going to come with time. The changes are going to come with time. (laughs) Just as we we speak, it's really redefining what success looks like. It's not just the end result. It's the process, the things that you put in place, the commitment that you take with yourself and that you honor for yourself. I think that's an amazing (laughs) feeling that once you feel it, it gets easier because starting it's always a little bit harder, but as you start and you learn this thing, it's like a muscle memory. It comes easier. Of course, we say you can have relapse, but once you go, once you learn to ride the bicycle, you will know how to ride it. Yeah. Everything is hard at the beginning and scary, but then, yeah, you're right. The more you do something, the easier it gets. And I like how you said it's more about the process too, because being so goal focused, we can kind of forget that we're supposed to actually be enjoying the journey, even if we're not where we want to be yet, we might never get to where we want to be. Like we have to find joy and happiness in the messy middle. And I think that's, that's been a challenge for me. And I think for other high achievers and perfectionists, it's like being okay with being a work in progress, but then it goes back to realizing that we're always a work in progress. Also, because at the end of the day, even sometimes when we hit that end goal and we didn't enjoy the journey, it will not be the same. It will disappear so quickly that it's not worth. So it's maybe better not to achieve that final, final goal. But if you learn to love the process, you can always continue with the process and be happier than just chasing that end goal. Yeah, we think think the goal is going to bring us happiness, but it it never does. (laughs) Never does. It's always, okay, what's next? Right, right. And so backwards, but I don't, I think that's just how our brains are wired. Yes. And it requires time and patience to rewire our brains because we are complicated creatures and we like to complicate ourselves even more. Yeah, exactly. So as we come to a closure of our Uh, session and our episode I wanted to ask you if our listeners had to take away one thing from all because we discussed many things and many different um, 
options to start and we discuss mindset, what would be one thing that they could take away from this episode? The first thing that comes to mind is to look for positives every single day. I think the more we train ourselves to see the blessings in our life, the more we'll find them. And then the more we can actually create more of them in a sense, you know, when we folk where we focus, our energy goes. So if we're focusing on everything that's working, more things are going to fall into place. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. It was really a pleasure to have you today with me. I love how you cover health and well-being from a, an holistic approach. It's not just nutrition. It's not just the what you put in, in the plate, but it's really how you live your life and what are those shifts that you can make. So thank you very much for what you're doing. Thank you so much for having me on. This episode is over. However, you can like, subscribe and follow for more content.